on those headphones. It's time for Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine. Welcome to Naughty Talk with Sunny Lee Maine, the podcast that explores all things kinky in a sexy and inclusive way. This show is intended for mature audiences aged 18 and up, and some listeners may find it disturbing. We believe in risk-aware consensual kink here on the show, so if you do try things mentioned on the show at home, know that neither the show nor the cast are responsible for any accidents, injuries, legal or property damages that may occur while getting your kink on. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of Naughty Talk. I'm Sunny Lee Main, she, her. And before we dive into our main topic for today, I do have a few announcements. Our cast members often talk about presenting at big conventions and events in person, but today I'm excited to announce a live virtual class that I'll be teaching with Mac next month. It's going to be on September 9th, 2023. The class will be held from 2 to 4 EDT or 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific. This is our first run of a brand new class called What is Your Malfunction? And it will be hosted by West Coast Dungeon Blackthorn. Tickets are available at ForbiddenTickets.com and I will do my best to remember to pop the link in the episode comments. We created the class because we realized there aren't a ton of classes designed to bridge the gap between sort of a HypnoKink 101 and some of the more advanced and flashy classes we often teach on. This one's designed to help folks troubleshoot where they might be getting stuck in order to have better sexy scenes. If you're looking to do a full 101 before our class, I can recommend the virtual class put on by our very own HypnoStorian Panda Pet, available at pandastory.love. That's available for instant access. And if you'd like to attend but haven't done the 101 yet, it's totally fine to join us, but the learning curve might be a little bit steeper. And I'd recommend in that case, taking it with the goal to do a 101 in the near future. And you'll have our sort of self-troubleshooting toolbox already in hand when you do that. I'd also plan to announce the launch of my newest project. Book five of my Turn the Key series is nearly finished, but I had a little bit of a case of art brain and was pulled in another direction recently, creating my very first Oracle deck. For those who don't know, Oracle decks are divination tools similar to tarot in that they come in card form. Unlike tarot, however, they don't have a standardized set of meanings and each has a unique theme that extends beyond the artwork to the interpretations. My deck, The Beautiful Discipline Oracle, is a celebration of the kink community with many different kinks, body types, roles, and gender identities represented. I think that kink dynamic has a lovely duality to it, which lends itself so well to a balanced oracle deck, and it was really such a joy to create. Unfortunately, it was extremely difficult to find a printer who would print the cards in all of their explicit and kinky glory. And when that hurdle was cleared, I encountered difficulty with listing the deck in such a way that it could be sold online. A certain mainstream e-commerce platform that shall remain nameless for crafty items, although I'm mad enough that I really wish I could name it, has a reputation for selling tons of handcrafted kink and BDSM items. And so I thought I'd give the platform a go. One sale in eight hours after the opening of my shop and my account was already suspended. No warning, no email, no idea why, but I do have a suspicion. So instead of sharing where my deck is available for purchase, I'm instead talking a little bit about how difficult it is to get kinky art out into the world. 
I've struggled with selling my books for a pretty long time now, because while the site that sells my books is happy to take a portion of profits and do the printing, I can't actually use their platform to advertise the adult content on the site itself. Haven't been able to advertise on vanilla social media. Same deal with the podcast. So... PSA, if you love content by an adult or erotic art creator, talk about it. Share it on kinky social media where such things are allowed to be shared. Talk about them at events where it's appropriate. Most of us rely on word of mouth and it really makes all the difference in the world. If you like my content in particular, head over to sunnyleemain.com and subscribe to my email mailing list. I only send out updates when something really exciting is happening. And I'm hoping by next season, a solution will be found and I'll be able to tell everyone about the workarounds that I've found. But if I can get it sorted in the meantime, or if my next book is ready for release before season four airs, that is the best way to stay in the loop. Those California vibes can only mean it's time for our West Coast correspondent, Enigma. All right, next up we have Enigma. Welcome back again. How are you today? I'm doing really well. We have talked about a lot of different topics on the show together, but we've touched on age play just a little bit a couple of times, and... We're going to do today a little bit of a deep dive on a very specific aspect of CGL or caregiver little play. And before we do that, I always have to give my little PSA. (laughs) I won't harp on it too much because I I know I say this all the time, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Age play is a kinky role play between consenting adults, period. It has no relationship at all to anything nefarious. So just want to get that out there. Um, So that said, you do identify as a daddy dom, correct? Yes, I do. Do you want to say a little bit about sort of your daddy dom identity? Yeah, I, it has definitely evolved as, as we all do. But uh, one thing that has stuck around is I'm definitely on the, when, when I'm in the kind of daddy head space, I'm definitely in the nurturing, playful, um, caretaker type of thing. I, I like to have the dynamic of where, um, like the, the little girl is going to come to me and we're going to do have fun together, play together, but I'm also there to kind of, um, encourage them and help and kind of be, be the support system for them to do, uh, you know, big girl adult things um, like wash the dishes or, um, you know, go to that doctor's appointment um, and things like that. Like it it can definitely be kinky where we have fun um, kind of play scenes um, kind of surrounding the DDLG um, headspace. But like I said, it can also be very vanilla stuff. Like they need to go to the grocery store but they haven't really been the headspace to do that, but they would do it if I went with them. Um, so that's kind of where, where my headspace is with that sort of dynamic. Gotcha. So lots of like guidance, that sort of thing. Exactly. So I do 
actually identify as a little, or at least I spend a lot of time in that headspace. And for me, um, being a little is something that does not define where I fall on the side of the slash, if that makes sense. So I am a very dominant <laughs> person, even in little space. And um, my CGL dynamic with my daddy dom um, is not one where I am dominant to him, but we do some dark age play stuff and there's a heavy primal component sort of mixed in. So it's very much like pack dynamic, like big grumbly bear and tiny willful wolf pup. Um, so like very willful, very testing the boundaries primally. And I definitely have my brat moments, but I I definitely identify more as a primal little than a brat. And and that's a discussion for another day, how I find those (laughs) things to be different. But I also top scenes in little space. And um, that could be a scene where I'm interacting like little to little. So um, DS exchange between two littles, or it could be something like a little and um, a favorite toy. That's another thing I really like to do with age play. So um, yeah, (laughs) those (laughs) scenes can be also really hot. Mm -hmm. Um, But so today we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive, as I said, on a more specific topic under that umbrella. We're going to talk a little bit about praise and discipline specifically within a CGL dynamic. So could you tell us a little bit about how praise and discipline could be different in a CGL dynamic versus say like a DS or MS dynamic with no age play involved? Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, with all things, there's definitely going to be some overlap, but I think when you're coming at it from the daddy headspace from the caregiver headspace, whatever title you're, you're using, you're, you're coming at it with the other person's headspace in mind. I think when you're in, uh, in an MS or a a more, a less little dynamic, um, there, there isn't much worry about the person's headspace because they're, they are just them, but they're, they are your slave. They are your submissive. When they're your little, that is, uh, a, that is a, a regressive headspace. That is them going back and kind of being in a much more, much more vulnerable mental state. A lot of, a lot of times, um, littles, uh, either communicate in very small words and very short sentences or don't communicate at all. They communicate in noises and sounds and, and things like that. And so if you try, um, if they if they make you upset, if they break the rules or whatever, and you try to come at them like an adult to an another adult, that could be very traumatizing. That could be very detrimental to to the person's mental health, let alone their their physical health. And so, just from a mental headspace, you want to come at it from a a very different direction than you would if you were talking to somebody who was in an adult headspace. And I definitely think it's something where it's about what you negotiate and about what you're Mm -hmm. into. Like there are definitely age players who are into really dark age play where there is, you know, like a really significant 
component of very hard punishment or discipline um, or other things that could be perceived as a little bit less gentle and a little bit less caregiving in age play. Um, so today we're mostly focusing on, you know, like from a caregiver little dynamic perspective and a caregiver little dynamic is, is very specific and it's sort of under the umbrella of age play. There are lots of different types and there are also lots of folks who will blend like a regular DS or MS dynamic with something like age play. So it's really about what you negotiate, but I think you touched on something that is really important and it's that little space does have the potential to be a very vulnerable headspace. And personally, you know, my, my little is kind of like a Wednesday Adams. (laughs) So, um, yeah, very dark and sadistic, um, when I'm topping a scene in little space, but when I interact with my daddy, it's a very different kind of feeling. And, I do allow myself to be in a little bit more of a regressive or a vulnerable headspace. So I can definitely say that's something that feels very distinct. And it's not something that I experience in any other type of dynamic. So when you're thinking about how you can feel vulnerable in that headspace, so when you're thinking about how vulnerable someone can feel in a, a little headspace, it can sort of put a different spin on what you might expect to happen in the context of something like punishment. Right. And and it's going to be how you approach the punishments as well. So like somebody who's in an adult headspace, you can just, you know, pick them up and throw them over your, your lap and spank them. And that's the punishment or a go grab the belt or whatever. But like, for for somebody who's in little headspace going and grabbing the belt again that could be very detrimental and so um when you're negotiating or when you're kind of navigating the the ddlg the caregiver the punishment headspace like that's something you want to talk about it's like if if the punishments need to be maybe a little bit more gentle or like maybe maybe you can put them over your lap but maybe it needs to be um, in a more, um, like you, you grab them by, by their, by their waist and you pick them up and you gently put them in your lap, or it needs to be more of a directive. Like you need to get over my lap right now, that sort of thing. Um, as opposed to being a lot more aggressive and making it, um, and making it more of an intense punishment. Right. And this is where the negotiation piece is so important because, mm-hmm. What is triggering or traumatic or uncomfortable in a headspace for one person is totally different for someone else. And, you know, some people are totally fine with having their caregiver, you know, grab them by the hair and drag them over a lap and spank them. And other people, you know, that would feel very uncomfortable in that type of headspace. And I'm going to tell a, a story that kind of illustrates that. So, the very first weekend that Mac and I spent a whole weekend together away, we really spent some time sort of diving into our um, CGL or DDLG dynamic. And we did a lot of discussion and negotiation about this in advance, like leading up to this weekend. 
But sometimes there are things that you just don't anticipate. And I know a lot of the littles that I have spoken to or spent time with have activities or items that are sort of like special comfort items that are for self-soothing or are for comfort in difficult situations or for processing big feelings. And it can be very traumatic if those things are taken away. And one of those things for me has been coloring because coloring has been a way when I'm in that headspace, if I'm upset about something or stressed about something to sort of ground myself. And so, um, especially, you know, as somebody who has a history of trauma, um, adult trauma, but trauma, you know, being in a vulnerable headspace and having a grounding activity taken away as a form of punishment, it could be very difficult. So, you know, Mac was very much in a caregiver headspace. We weren't doing any kind of dark age play and just said to me while I was coloring, you know, it's time to get up and take a shower. You know, daddy wants you to undress and get in the shower. And I was being a brat and I was like, nope, I'm (laughs) coloring, not going to do it, daddy. And he was like, well, I can put you over my shoulder and I can bring you in there, you know, but um, I'm like, nope, not going to do it. And so he actually grabbed me by my feet (laughs) and lifted me off the ground because he's strong enough to do that, to pick me up by my feet and spanked me. And that was totally fine. That was negotiated. That was within our our scope of play. So, you know, getting picked up by your ankles (laughs) and spanked, you know, some people might find that kind of intense. I was cool Mm -hmm. with it. Um, (laughs) It it was pre-negotiated. And like I said, we have this very physical, primal, you know, I can physically enforce this, make me kind of dynamic. And Mm -hmm. so that was fine. But he basically picked me up by my ankles and said, if you don't get in the shower and I have to put you over my shoulder and put you in the shower, I'm taking away the crayons and I'm not going to let you color for the rest of the weekend. And then he spanked me and the spank was fine, but I hadn't fully processed what he had said about the crayons. And I had this huge, like, you know, deluge of emotion and started bawling my eyes out. And he actually thought it was because of the spank. And he was really upset. He was like, you know, did I hurt you? Mm -hmm. Um, Did that spanking like trigger some kind of memory? Like he immediately like snapped out of discipline mode into like, you know, caregiver aftercare, like, let's figure out what just happened absolutely did everything right. But he he didn't know because I hadn't thought to tell him that coloring was one of those things like a favorite special stuffy that I had always done for self-soothing. And so having that taken away as a punishment was taking away my ability to cope. Right. And like I, I had a partner who uh, one of a, a pretty hard trigger for her was yelling, any sort of yelling it definitely made her regress and and shut down and not participate. And so I knew from my perspective, like if, if she was being bratty and if I went needed to, if we were getting into punishment territory, that yelling at, at her would not be, would not be helpful in, in anybody's uh, play. And so that was something that I needed to, to keep in mind. And then I've also heard um, a, a story that comes to mind is um 
this very, very experienced dominant. She's, she, uh, I haven't seen her in a while, but she, she loves to tell the story because it's a perfect example of things that can pop up. She was playing with this person in a hotel room. They didn't really have a whole lot of toys. And so they were like, oh, here's an extension cord. And so they went to play with the extension cord. And after the first thwack, the guy goes into a panic attack and they figure out later that um, he actually had this kind of, um, he didn't realize that he had a trigger against extension cords. And so, uh, cause that's something that he got hit with as a kid and he just hadn't really thought about it in years. Um, so it's th- these sort of things that I think you, you touched on this with your, uh, with your story is like, there are things that are going to come up that you just kind of have to, that need to be part of the aftercare and the communication afterward um, with your partners. And so that you can kind of figure out what, uh, what works best for punishments and uh, punishments, but also uh, what doesn't work and what needs to be avoided. That's a really great point because I mean, someone might say to me, you know, Sunny, you're always talking about negotiation. And if you had really negotiated that scene, maybe it wouldn't have happened. But the truth of the matter is when I think back on it, I had not until that happened put together in my mind that that was in fact going to be a trigger. So I didn't even Mm -hmm. know there was something to warn about until it happened for the first time. And, you know, when I thought about it and we processed it afterwards, I knew exactly where it had come from. You know, I could Mm -hmm. clearly identify in my mind, you know, where the trauma came from. And, you know, I won't say more about it than that, but Mm -hmm it did not occur to me that that was something that I needed to share with my partner until it actually came up during play. And so even though we negotiated the heck out of that scene, and even though, you know, Mac completely was within the the bounds of the scene that we negotiated, it still brought up big feelings. And, you know, that's why we say risk aware consensual kink, you plan for the best, you negotiate, you get consent, but sometimes things can happen that you did not plan for. It's an it's an unfortunate, but it's it's a kind of a necessary side effect of of what we do, because whether you were talking about CDLG, DDLG, um, or any other type of kink play, like we are already, uh, whether you're a top or a bottom, you're putting yourself in a much more vulnerable position um, than just kind of standard sex, even. And so you're letting out your taboos, you're letting out your desires, and that those those things that you may have some apprehensions over, and so. Uh, because we're already in that vulnerable state, it's it's the the emotions when things kind of go sideways can be a lot more intense, and so uh, at least being somewhat ready for that is definitely a uh, a benefit for anybody getting into this kind of play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just thinking about it, especially in particular when we think about things like praise and punishment in that headspace, I personally find I am so much more sensitive to things like perceived disappointment, like disappointing your partner at a vanilla level in dynamic, you know, it's never a fun feeling, but feeling like I have disappointed my daddy when I'm in a little headspace, like that is like one of the worst feelings in the world. It's especially vulnerable. So, you know, sometimes those are things that need to be talked about. You know, what is that headspace like for you, for your partner on both sides of the slash top and bottom? Um, 
And like I said, you know, the little could be the top. You could totally have a little and a caregiver who was submissive. You could have multiple littles playing together, but whatever it is, these are vulnerable headspaces. And it's really important to discuss to the best of your ability, like what that headspace is like for you. But, you know, taking that into account, tell us a little bit about the difference between punishment and discipline and punishment. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to start with punishments because punishments are. It's going back into kind of the role play idea of it. Punishments come from um, it's like if you're playing around with your brat and they're being purposefully a brat and they're being a brat because they know what they're going to get for being a brat. That's a punishment. That's where like you're spanking them and it's like, haha, I'm punishing you. But like there are giggles involved and like I, it's it's part of the play. Um as opposed to the punishment side of things. And, and I've, I've definitely encountered dominants who actually avoid this side of the, the thing because they, they don't want to punish people for making mistakes. And so that's definitely something that as a dominant in the, or the top in the, in the play, you kind of want to work on in your head how in charge do you want to be the the punishments come from you give them a direction whether um you know if you're in more of an ms if it's a bit more of a sterner dynamic um it's like they have specific things um they you want them to do anytime they come over and if they don't do them then there is a punishment because they did not do what you told them to do and you need to, they need to be taught um, some sort of lesson. And so that can be anything that can, again, that's going to be, it's going to be negotiated um, with your partners, uh, what the punishments are going to be depending on what the, uh, what the offense is. But I would say it's, it's definitely more serious and it can be more serious depending on what the infraction is and depending on what the dynamic is. Punishments are fun. They are part of the play. Punishments are part of the dynamic and I wouldn't necessarily call them fun. Well, not for the person who's receiving them. <laughs> well, well, and, 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 and I, not for the one that receiving it, but I also think not for the top because um, it's, it's a punishment. It's something that they don't want to have to do, but as opposed to when you're playing around with a brat and they're being a brat, like, it's like, like, no, that, that, that's fun. That's, 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 that's part of, I don't know. I'm a sadist. So <laughs> I'm kind of like, mm. Okay. Okay. Depends on okay. the person. Well, depends yes, of course. I don't know. So for me, if I think about it, like no matter what your dynamic is, it could be a hard MS, you know, like DS with a lot of protocol, or it could be a CGL relationship often and not always, you know, because we can never speak for, you know, a whole anything, mm-hmm. but often with power exchange, there is a component of, cause and effect Uh of, you know, action and consequence. And for me, you know, I think that what differs in age play that is not dark age play, you know, age play that is focused on caregiving is that the dynamic is founded upon the idea that the little needs to learn and have guidance from the caregiver and that they need support from the caregiver basically to function. And Mm -hmm. in that type of dynamic, you would expect that the little who has a lot to learn is going to make a lot of mistakes. So it's the expectation that 
mistakes are going to happen and that that's part of the fun. And I definitely feel like personally, there is a lot more emphasis on effort and trying your best than perfection. Whereas, Mm -hmm. you know, as a dominant in other types of dynamic, I'm like, please fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Please fuck up because I will really enjoy punishing you for that silently mm-hmm. in my brain you know <laughs> i might not say that aloud aloud i'm like of, of course not you're not going to chuckle while you're doing it not at all i have made my expectations clear have i not mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so oh I'm, I'm sorry yes ma'am say yes ma'am <laughs> uh sir no <laughs> you cannot call me ma'am oh my god <laughs> i hate that i talk about uh, okay. i talk okay. about that all the time how much i hate that Oh, ew. <laughs> like a mistress. Ugh. I mean, not for uh, I, I, I knew better than mistress. I know, but ma'am? <laughs> yep, I'm sorry, I'm southern. It just out. comes out. Anyway. Ew. Um, <laughs> no shade to anybody who appreciates those honorifics. It just does not, it's never felt right on me. And interestingly, you know, as a dominant I am definitely like nobody will ever call me a daddy dom. <laughs> but it's just it's not who I am. You know, I'm definitely mm-hmm. a caring partner and I enjoy sensual play. I'm a sensual sadist and I believe that you know praise and reward are important parts of reinforcement. Mhm. But I enjoy the punishment just as much sometimes. The punishments can be fun. The noises can be fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And generally when I'm playing that way, it's with somebody else who also appreciates and finds that, you know, satisfying in some way. I won't always say fun, but I'll say satisfying. Mm -hmm. So for me, I definitely think, you know, even if I'm topping a scene in little space, like if I'm dealing with a toy... I probably have like an equal, actually, I've been told I'm more sadistic in little space. Who am I kidding? I'm, I'm told it actually gets worse. <laughs> Cause like, I don't know, maybe it's like the filter goes away. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's the, the, the little ones to play. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, my daddy's like, you know, don't you break that toy? You know, they're very expensive to replace and you know, <laughs> I'm like, I didn't break it on purpose, daddy. (laughs) Anyway, that would definitely be dark age play. If you're not doing dark age play and the focus is on caregiving, for me, it's about the expectation that the Mm -hmm. little is in the process of learning and you know they're going to mess up. And so I feel like there's more of a focus on effort than on success. Yeah. And and I think there's levels, like, especially if it's a new dynamic, like you're not going to do the harsh punishments, like the first time they fuck up or the second time, like it's, it's definitely something like you're, you're working with the person to, to figure out your patterns. Like it's, it's dating, but with, but with, I think more fun shenanigans involved, like you're, you're figuring out where your dynamics are, you're figuring out what the quirks are. Part of the fun is if, you know, if they fuck up again, then that's, that's when the switch comes out. So it's a lot of fun <laughs> i thought you, when you said the switch i was thinking you meant like switch and dynamic and i was like Ooh, but, that's interesting b- but uh, also like that or or like if if you fuck up in the dynamic or like you like give them the wrong name then they get to punish you or i don't know <laughs> if i call you that honorific again <laughs> 
you know, with hypnosis, I could just snap my fingers and the Spanx could happen across the country, just so you're aware. Um, oh, that's, that, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I digress. So, you know, I just, I think that there's a little bit of a different understanding around what the expectations are. And I mean, any type of activity could fall on the punishment or punishment side, depending on like the tone, like the mood of the people, what you've negotiated, what is fun to receive for the bottom, what is fun to give for the top, that sort of thing. I don't really think it's about specific acts like spanking is punishment and you know, scolding is, you know, I don't, I think you can separate it that way. But punishment for me is about this is bratty and fun and playful and probably something that the little is seeking out with intent or that it's been made into sort of like a little bit of a game where both parties are probably hoping that the punishment is going to take place versus a punishment, which is like a really serious, like you have disappointed me and now the consequences will commence. (laughs) At least that's where I draw the line in my brain. Okay. We're talking a lot about punishment. Let's talk a little bit about praise why is praise so important i mean who doesn't like to get praised i i know I, that's not fair people don't like getting praised but i i think especially in the caregiver ddlg dynamic like you are the whole idea at least from my perspective is that my my job I, it sucks calling it a job but my job is to to nurture and it's in the name care for my other person and when they do good things like that that is you know, we have a mini party. Like if, if they finished the dishes, like, that's amazing. You did such a good girl. You were such a good girl. You did the dishes. You did the thing I told you to do. That is amazing. I, I absolutely love giving praise to my, to my partners and to my littles. And, you know, we can turn into the kinky thing. It's like, oh my God, you took 10 spanks from daddy. That is amazing. That is so good. They were really hard spanks. Your butt looks so cute and pink. Like that is so good. The nurturing, the praise, that's the fun. I mean, it's all the fun part. That's my heart. But that's, that's, (laughs) that's the part that's, that's really fun for my, my like daddy side. Like I'm a proud daddy if my, my little, um, does what I want them to do and, and is, um, enthusiastic and all that fun stuff. Like that's, that's the real fun part for me. Yeah. And I definitely think I'm a firm believer that no matter the dynamic, like praise when praise is earned is really important and powerful. And it's not, you know, just about conditioning, although, you know, that can be part of it about training, that sort of thing. But it's about, you know, establishing that you appreciate your partner. And, you know, in a a DS dynamic without age play. It's about receiving service with appreciation and grace. You know, I have a partner who makes my coffee every single morning and makes it perfectly and makes it better than I can make it myself at this point. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I make it a point when I receive my perfect cup of coffee before I even get out of bed in the morning to say, you know, thank you. I, you know, I really appreciated it. I needed this or, you know, if I'm in a position to, for whatever reason, have to fend for myself, which doesn't happen very often, and it's terrible, like later in the day, I'll reflect, you know what, my coffee was shit this morning. And I, I really <laughs> have a deeper appreciation for when you make it for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, in any type of dynamic, I feel like that's important. But I have to say that, you know, and again, this is the one dynamic I have, the one partner where 
I sometimes fall on the other side of the slash. And even if it's sort of by force in a primal capacity, um, or if the power dynamic is a result of the age play, you know, it's definitely a different headspace because I always enjoy receiving praise from my partner, even when I'm on the D side of the slash. You know, everyone, I think deep down, most people want to know that their partner appreciates them, whatever the dynamic is. But when I'm in little space and my daddy tells me that like I'm a good girl and he's really proud of me, like there is nothing like that feeling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And uh, I've, and, um, I've even gotten that a little bit as like, as I've played around with my sub side, like getting told that I'm a good boy is, it does things to my brain that I am not used to. And it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. As she takes a note about that. <laughs> yes, I keep keep notes on um, all of our cast members just in case I need to keep them in line <laughs> as, as dominant of the Naughty Talk podcast. Um, I'm either I'm either going to get hit hypnot- I'm going to get hypno spanked um, across the country or good boyed across the country. It could go either way. <laughs> as as pack leader of the Naughty Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm going to get so much shit for saying that later when it's <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, praise is important and it doesn't matter which side of the slash you're on, what dynamic you're in. But I, I think that a lot of littles and caregivers will agree that there is something really special about the, you know, the praise dynamic that occurs in, in this type of relationship. So I think that we've kind of covered some of the basis for what we plan to talk about today. Do you mm-hmm. have like a story that you kind of want to take things out with about praise or discipline? The the one that comes to mind is I was in a long distance relationship with um, a partner for about a year and a half. And, you know, the, there are things that we couldn't do in person for obvious reasons. And so what we came up with was uh, I had two kind of checklists. One was for small tasks. So, if like she did the dishes or if she went got groceries, like basic stuff, but stuff that maybe needs a little bit of encouragement to do. And she got like a star on, on the small checklist. But then um, if she did big things, like when she came and visited and we did lots of um, things that were new for both of us, I, I had her do kind of a, a big writing with a word count and all of that. And she did the writing. And so she got um, kind of a, a star on, on the big, task chart and at the end of it um she would get because i was so far away it would be like all right you if you did something from the small chart you get like something under five bucks from amazon and if it was under if it was the big chart it'd be something under 50 bucks off the uh off of amazon so it was, you know stuffy stickers that sort of thing but but yeah so and then like punishments punishments were something that we had to figure out um because it's it, it definitely comes if you're doing something long distance the um, both parties definitely need to be willing to do the punishments. Um, and so sometimes it would be, I edger a bunch and I edger 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 until I decide she can come. Um, I think we went like 15 times one time and other times, like I, I had her spank herself a couple of times and it was just kind of playing around, seeing what worked and what didn't. That's how I did that in that kind of like long distance idea. Thank you for having this conversation with me. I like to have each play represented on the show so that we can talk about some of the finer details. I feel like it is a kink that 
I enjoy, but also that has some very unfair <laughs> stigmas attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I like to just spend a little time trying to demystify what it's really all about. And dark age play is a, a wonderful and fun thing, but CGL play can really just be about you know, giving care, giving support, giving guidance, having a very gentle, very loving type of power exchange. You know, it can be about nostalgia. It can be about, you know, just being free for the little from adult responsibilities that are constantly a pressure in everyday vanilla life. Just having a break from having to take care of everybody else and having somebody else take care of you for a change. And so it can be something that is both very vulnerable and also very rewarding. And I really appreciate that you're willing to talk to me about it. Yeah, I I love the dynamic. I love exploring it. And um, I, I look forward to seeing where it goes. And I hope people maybe got some ideas from our conversation. Yay! Thanks, as always, for listening to Naughty Talk. Our show is available on most popular podcast platforms. For updates, to submit a request to be a guest on the show, to write in with questions for our hosts, or request lifestyle advice, head over to the show's page at sunnyleemain.com. You'll also find information about my novels, including my Turn the Key series, which are dark erotica with themes of hypnosis, BDSM, and sometimes a little bit of magic. All books feature different kinks and are queer inclusive. I hope you've enjoyed the show, and you join us again next time.